Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us on the line now is Professor Francois Engelbrecht, Professor of Climatology at the Global Change Institute. Professor, good afternoon to you and thank you for joining us. Afternoon and many thanks for the invitation. Great, and thanks for making it, and for joining us this afternoon, uh, Professor. Given yesterday's uh, developments, but anyway, here we are. Now we are dealing with the El Nino effect, which uh, experts are warning is on the horizon, and it's going to affect us this coming spring uh, into summer season. Oh, Professor, my opening question to you is: Are we going to be looking at similar conditions like what the Northern Hemisphere is now experiencing? It is certainly possible that this upcoming summer is going mm-hmm. to be one that is going to bring above normal temperatures okay. to southern Africa mm-hmm. and quite possibly also intense heat waves. So the warmest summer we've ever experienced here in southern Africa was the summer of December to February of the years 2015-16. Right. And listeners may remember that is when the last strong El Nino event occurred. Yes. So what's happening right now is that the El Nino is busy strengthening. It's now almost having uh, the state, so-called status of a moderate El Nino event. Right. But about half of weather prediction models are indicating that it will, that this will become a strong El Nino. Wow. And if it's a strong El Nino, mm-hmm. it's possible that this summer will be one of the warmest we've ever experienced because of the combined effects of global warming and the El Nino. Sure. We we even must have to prepare for the possibility that it will be our warmest summer on record. Um, well, we've just experienced the warmest summer on record in the northern area. Mm, exactly. This past, yeah, this past July is in fact the warmest July and the warmest individual month right. ever measured by humans. Wow. So the northern hemisphere is more vulnerable to these long-lasting heat waves because the land masses of the northern hemisphere of course, so much more vast, and that's the type of environment in which strong heat domes can develop. Right. We are to some extent protected by the fact that we are surrounded by three oceans against these long-lasting heat waves. Okay. But they can mm-hmm. still occur here. They mm-hmm. will likely be of a lesser amplitude than what we see now right. in the in the U.S., in the Western U.S., the European Mediterranean, in Asia, and specifically that that China, that China heat wave. Mm-hmm. Um, not that strength, not that strong in terms of amplitude, but it is it is absolutely possible that we will also see heat waves that will that will bring mm-hmm. temperatures in the order to in the order of the low forties to the mid forties uh, in degrees Celsius to southern Africa this summer. That is absolutely on the cards for this summer. Wow. That being said, Professor, now we are dealing with. Uh the rainfall situation and the agricultural industry, and in turn affecting food insecurity. How and our government needing to, you know, act upon this to uh, alleviate the situation. Uh, do do you think that anything's being done? Are, are they aware, for example, now of our conversation? For example, are they aware of this impact? Has this been put forward to them? Are there any plans in place to sort deal with the situation? Well, if the if the El Nino is going to do what El Ninos typically do in terms of southern African rainfall, mm-hmm. then we should also expect that this summer will be a dry summer. So rainfall will be below normal. That is the most likely possibility in terms mm-hmm. of rainfall this summer. Um, I can just quickly point out that there has been exceptions in the past. For example, in 1997-98, there was a very strong El Nino event. Mm-hmm. 
and rainfall turned out to be almost normal in the summer rainfall region of South Africa that summer. Right. So it is, it is not an absolute certainty that it will be a season of below normal rainfall. It's, oh, it's yeah. highly likely mm-hmm. it will be, that it will be warm with more right. intense heat waves. But right. it's not that sure that it will be dry. But um, the most likely outcome is below normal rainfall combined with high temperatures. Okay. Now, if that's going to be the case, it's almost always negative for crops, mm-hmm. starting with the maize crop. Right. To put this in perspective, um, this year we will be, of course, exporting. We are busy exporting maize from South Africa. Mm-hmm. I think in the order of 4 million tons. Now, during the big El Nino drought of the years 2015-16, there were two consecutive years during which South Africa had to import maize. Yes. In the order of 2.5 million tons per year. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that should give you an idea yeah. that absolutely our food security is being impacted by El Nino right. to right. the extent that we have to import maize. Of course, food prices also rise during such mm-hmm. a period of drought when we can't produce enough for our own um, household consumption. Well, sin- our- and since then, if I can just come in there, Professor, the population yeah. has increased too. Population increase is, of course, always a factor across mm-hmm. the world. Uh, we are consuming more and more as humanity across the world, but it's also very much, of course, in terms of how economies are structured. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have an economy that is absolutely um, built around consumption versus right. more sustainable economies, that economic model is also so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the important factor here is not necess- is, is certainly not population increase from, say, 2015-16 until now. The important factor here is the return of a potentially strong El Nino area. Right. Now, the government must be aware of this, of course, because um, we know for the start that there are direct channels of communication from, for example, the South African Weather Services into certain crop estimation committees. The Agricultural Research Council is involved, the Department of of um, Forestry, Fisheries and, and, uh, and the Environment is right. involved. The Department mm-hmm. of Agriculture is involved. So the El Nino will not come as a surprise to government. The, the question is to what extent yeah. are preparationary measures right. being taken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point in time, taking into account a probabilistic forecast of yep. below normal rainfall and likely right. below normal mm-hmm. crop yield this sure. upcoming summer. Professor, I'm going to have to cut you short there. I just wish we could have just continued the conversation a little longer, but we have run out of time. But thank you so much for taking the time to join us and uh, just to clarify where we stand regarding the El Nino phenomenon and how it's going to impact upon us as we approach spring going into summer from a food security point of view, comfort point of view, uh, heat point of view, call it what you may. Professor Francois Engelbrecht, Professor of Climatology at the Global Change Institute.